You've got work friends, you've got best friends, and now you've got ghoul friends. Hello, and welcome to episode 138 of the Ghoul Friends Podcast. I'm Celeste. And I'm Caitlin. And Mishka's looking at us like he's about to do something bad. He's always ready to do something (laughs) bad. (laughs) He's staring at you intently, and I think he may start singing. Maybe. Mishka, do you have something you'd like to tell the ghoul friends? Um, yes, I am the star of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Also, if you hear some random clicking in the background, that is the Instapot going in crockpot mode because it is the first cool day, I would say, that we've had in a few Uh months. I think it's like a high of 63 Fahrenheit. Yeah. I don't know what that is in Celsius. We haven't learned Celsius yet. Sorry, we're we're bad. Um, I just like the house when it's in the 17 area. Yes. Yes. Chilly. Yes. There There he is. is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I have a pot roast in Mm, the crock pot, so that's going to be delish. No, it's going to be good when you put her in sport mode. Got to put her in sport mode. (laughs) Crock pot, the Instapot. Yes. I'm excited for that. It is. It's going to be good. I love that Instapot. I don't even think it's an Instapot. I think it's a crock pot instant It's an instant pot, a crock pot, an air fryer. It does it all. It does do it all. Yeah. Remember that one time there was a recall on the like lid of it and I (laughs) just threw the whole thing out. And then I told my dad to throw his whole thing out (laughs) because it was like a like chance of it exploding. And then like, we just get two covers and he's like, well, that's not helpful. So I had to end up buying us both new (laughs) instant pots. It's the lesson to read the fine print on the recall notice. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. I just panic threw it out. (laughs) Like get rid of it. I cannot have that exploding in my house. It also reminds me of when we were getting ready to move here to Germany. Mm -hmm. Obviously uh, the way it works is that they put your stuff in a crate, like a shipping crate and they literally slap it on a boat and send it across the ocean. But there is a weight limit, so you really want to go through all your stuff. Yeah. Um, that would be my, our biggest piece of advice to anyone that moves abroad. Like, please get rid of as much shit as you can. You will thank us later. Yeah. Caitlin had a full mentee bee during this process. Oh, I'm getting called out. <laughs> and going through our kitchen, deadass holds up a can opener and goes, we don't need this, and throws it away. <laughs> as if they don't have cans in Germany. <laughs> we'll so we got here, we had to get a can opener. <laughs> No, it wasn't even here. I needed a can opener before we even moved. And so I went to Target and bought a can opener. It's like, why did I throw? <laughs> I had a lot of minty bees through that move. That mm-hmm. was a very stressful time in my life. It is a very good reason to have a minty bee is moving abroad, as we discovered. No, we have a really nice can opener. We so. do. It's fine. All good. So let's All see. Good. Well, do you want to tell them what we did yesterday? Well, my uh, calves can surely scream out what we did. I'm going to put the mic down there and let the calves do the talking. (laughs) Um, We, well, we wanted to do it. You wanted to do it for your birthday last year. And we drove, it's about an hour and a half away. And we got about halfway there in October. Mm -hmm. And you Googled it. And you're like, oh shit, it's close for renovations. Yep. (laughs) So we turned around and, you know, Mm -hmm. just not. We've talked about it. Talked about it, talked about it. Just, it's just felt every like, weekend we say we're going to do it and we don't do it. And then we're like, all right, we're going to get up. So we set our alarm. We got up early. We drove all the way there. And the nice German website said it's a lovely, casual walk down to the castle. But there is a shuttle if you want to take it. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Yeah. So we see the shuttle. There's like a couple people on it. A bunch of people are walking down the trail. So we're just like, oh, we'll follow them. Mm-hmm. When I tell you, I was leaned back at like a 40 degree angle going down. Like 
it would have been easier to parachute. <laughs> yeah, truly. Yeah, it would have been. It was the steepest, I think, hill, and it was a little over a half a mile. So, I mean, yeah. it wasn't terribly far, but it was far enough to, like, my legs were kind of jello at the bottom. And I was like, what in the world? I was like, there is zero fat chance I'm walking that back up. Yeah, no fucking So, we way. paid the sweet old gentleman two euro <laughs> to haul our asses back to the top. Right. Um, but I guess I haven't talked to where we went. We went to see Berg Elts. Yes, and if you follow us on Instagram... You probably saw the stories from that yesterday, so FYI, that's where we were (laughs) when you hear this on Monday. Yes. Um, It was a really... We've talked about it before on a previous episode. You're better mm -hmm. at the story, so you're going to kind of recap it, but... Yeah. It was really breathtaking. Like, we were way at the top of the mountain, so I think most castles that we've seen are are on on top top of, like, huge mountains, so you've got to hike all the way up. This was the hike, like, a hike down. It was, and, like, yeah, that's unusual, and the other thing is it was was very tall, but it was very compact. Like, it was not big circumference-wise, but every Everything was really like it was like tall and pressed, yeah. yeah. But um, no, it looks just like a fairy tale castle. Um, it's been there since the youth looked us up. Yesterday. It was uh, the construction started prior to the first mention of construction was in the year eleven fifty seven. Like that so is so old, over eight hundred and fifty years old. Insane. And yep. when you see this thing, you just like wonder how the fuck did they build this back then. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, you know, you think about that being 1100 and, you know, America wasn't even a thought yet. Nope. So it really puts in perspective just how old Germany is in comparison to, like, the United States. It is. And it's crazy to think, like, how, like you said, construction now, there's cranes and there's right. tractors. Those things and didn't exist. Big commercial vehicles. And, like, they didn't have the yield crane to just haul. Maybe they did. Maybe, you know. Maybe they had to have some type of contraption. Yeah. I'm sure. I bet they didn't have OSHA. Probably not. <laughs> I'm sure a few people died during that. It is incredible, that for though. For sure. It's beautiful. It really mm-hmm. is. I think it burned, not completely, but a, a wing of it did burn, I think, in the either tw- early 1920s. Mm. So I think some of the, like, big, tall turrets are... Yeah. Not rebuilt. original, but they're, yeah, they're rebuilt for sure. But a lot of the bottom half of it is still, like, original stone, which is crazy. It's true. And it wouldn't be, you know, worth talking about on here unless we told you that it's haunted. So tell them the story. It's haunted. So we talked about this in a past episode. I believe it was one of our Germany ones when we first got here. So you may have to go back a little bit to find it. But um, Elts Castle, one of the ghosts that haunts it is the daughter of one of the counts that lived there. So the other thing that's important to know is that the castle has been in the Elts family for, I mean, like generations upon generations upon generations. I, I don't it's, think it's ever changed. No, I think it's 800. It's like 800 years ago. Right. It's been in the family. Yeah. And it still is. Right. So owned by the Elts family. Today, the descendants of the Elts family, they own it yep. and they obviously have made it a private enterprise for people to come in and mm-hmm. see it. Um, but the daughter, her name was Agnes. I think she was the daughter of the 15th Count of Elts, if I remember correctly. And basically, uh, from what I read, Agnes was kind of a badass. She liked to, like, you know, she had all brothers, so she liked to, you know, play with the boys. Like, really wasn't that interested in getting married. But at the time, that's kind of what you had to do. So they betrothed her to a knight. And I think he tried to be all flirty, but as men do, it did not really go well. <laughs> And she shot him down, and he got so angry that he waited until her family went on a hunting trip and then had his uh, guys attack the castle. 
but Agnes was not going to sit down and hide from a fight. So she literally slapped on some armor, um, grabbed a spear, and went out to get into the fighting as well. And unfortunately, during that, he actually ended up killing her, not knowing it was her with an axe. Um, so the countess room, which was her room in the castle, still has the su- uh, suit of armor and the axe that was used to kill her. And it said she walks around um, that side of the tower, kind of flipping lights and closing doors. Ooh. So I thought that was kind of cool. And fun fact, not fun fact, I have crippling anxiety. <laughs> and me versus spiral stairs is my kryptonite. You want to take Caitlin down, either go up or down a set of spiral stairs. It's mm-hmm. making me dizzy just thinking about it. <laughs> I literally can't do it. And so we went into like part of this room and we were like the only English yeah. speakers there. So we weren't going to make this guy give like the tour twice. Mm-hmm. They were doing a tour in German, and I just don't have the mental capacity to do it. But mm-hmm. the guy's like, well, no, there's, like, more rooms down there. You just have to go down these spiral stairs. And I was like, Ain't no. And so I just walked off. So I was like, we're not going down there. He was like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, we didn't get to see any of that. But we're telling you it's there. It's there. <laughs> yeah, it's funny now. Not funny. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. I know. It's okay. It's a unfortunate to luckily where we live we live on in germany they would call it the earth floor mm-hmm. but it is it, like in the u.s we would call it the ground, ground floor. floor so there's no stairs but there's spiral stairs down here. to our basement yeah or up if you go yeah. up to the upper apartments but there's a lovely little elevator in case we need to go down to the storage unit so yeah just beat my ass down there agree agree yeah. but yeah that was fun we had a good it was awesome day trip. Um, one of the really cool things about where we live is that we're in a great vantage point to get to a lot of different cities and be probably within two hours. So it's very doable. Yeah. Like I said, it took us about an hour and a half and that was with, there was so much construction going on. So we, you know, a lot of it was on the Autobahn, Mm -hmm. which I think we've talked about it before. A common misconception of the Autobahn is it's like one strip of road that just doesn't have a speed, speed limit. limit, but the Autobahn is like any highway. It's there's the interstate. Just, right, and there's just sections that have speed limits or don't have speed limits. Mm-hmm. And most of the way there was a speed limit, so yeah. that was like... Had to behave. Yeah. That's fair. But yeah, no, it was a good trip. We enjoyed it. We're looking forward to making more and getting out of our comfort zone. So Absolutely. Good. As long as there's no spiral stairs involved. As long as there's no spiral stairs involved. That's right. <laughs> No spiral stairs allowed. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> All right. Well, do we want to talk about what today is about? <clears throat> Not my loogie. That's okay. Um, we are kind of taking a little turn, I guess. We're not doing so much ghosty ghost mm-hmm. things. We are. We had a recommendation from a few people to do either... Um, sleep paralysis mm-hmm. or astral projection, and then you did another one, lucid dreaming. Lucid That's dreaming. Um, so we kind of covered that and mm-hmm. kind of talking about the weirdness that kind of comes along with it. And this kind of comes from the fact, too, I think it was on the Instagram that I put up like a weird fact Wednesday that was mm-hmm. about exploding head syndrome. Yep. Which, if you didn't see it or don't know what that is, it's the phenomenon when you're going to sleep at night that people hear really loud sounds that aren't there as they fall asleep and it's mm-hmm. completely normal it's completely benign oh it's pouring I think rain we're gonna have a thunderstorm oh that'll add to the ambiance that will perfect it just started downpouring yeah, it did 
Um, and a lot of people commented on that and said that they had it, which was kind of cool because we both had it happen. Yep. I've always wondered, okay, I know you're going to talk about sleep paralysis, mm-hmm. but it makes me wonder, remember how you tell me when you know it's coming on, you hear like kind of mechanical sounds. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's it. Like, I wonder if that's a form of exploding head syndrome. I'd be really interested to ask a doctor that's I, like a sleep doctor. I thought that'd it. be a fascinating job to study sleep, sleep. is weird sleep it's very yeah. cool yeah so we kind of went on that route and we're doing kind of like sleep phenomenon yeah up in that lane it just you know it's so fitting that this weekend i've had a shit ton of sleep paralysis so i'm like oh it makes my info easy <laughs> next time it happens just look at your sleep paralysis demon and be like um hey bud i'm doing an episode about you <laughs> like why don't you sit down i got some questions i got, yeah, I got my, my pen and paper out to be like interview with a sleep paralysis demon <laughs> Except I can't move, so I'm like... So you're like, hey, I got a question for you. <laughs> I wish everybody could see, Celeste just went into mummy mode. <laughs> it reminds me of um, Mrs. Doubtfire when he's like, I do a great impression of a hot dog. And like, <laughs> uh, Robin Williams is an absolute treasure. I know. He was probably... I shouldn't say was, is one of my favorite actors. I love every movie that he's ever done. But Mrs. Doubtfire is hands down. Like the funniest shit. Like probably top three most funny movies I have ever seen. Yeah, I would agree. (laughs) Help is on the way, dear. (laughs) That was, it was a really good movie. It was really funny. (laughs) When Mrs. Doubtfire dips her face into the pie yeah. or the cake and just, yeah it's just we gotta watch that now we should that's a good one another good movie that we are far behind on in the like movie train that we just we can't rent it we had to buy it but i'm so glad we did was the live action little mermaid it we was watched that really was like, good it was we laughed like we belly laughed a few yeah. times it was really it was cute it was funny a little scary, I would say, for I would like say a little they, kid. Uh, there were yeah. some, some scenes that I was like, I don't know, I think I'd be a little hesitant to show my little kid that, yeah. but I don't know. We watched Homeward Bound as children, and so we were subject to, you know, just mental trauma. Yeah. Just traumatize me. Yeah. Traumatize me, Disney. <laughs> traumatize me, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes. Well, both cats are here so gracing sure us with their, their presence. I think there's going to be a thunderstorm, so they're like, mm-mm. I'm sure someone's going to start making noise here shortly. He so. looks like he wants to. You got something to say? <laughs> Mish. He's being... Do you have any pot roast ready? You're being shy. Yeah. All right. Do you want to go first, or would you like me to go first? Sure. Um, I... Let me just look, because how many do you have? Like... Are you just Mine's sleep just sleep paralysis, yeah. Okay, so I... All right, why don't you go first? Because I kind of have three different things. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay. All right, so like I said, I think we've covered this before, but I found some new kind of stories to tell about it. That's mostly what mine is. Okay. And then also my more of my personal experiences with, with them. With sleep paralysis, yeah. I've grown a lot since the last time I've talked about it Mm, mm -hmm. and being able to I wouldn't say control it but like I'm more aware of what's going on so I'll save my stuff for the end but um just if anybody's just listening to the newer episodes and hasn't listened back back and listened to that episode um I'll just go through quickly sleep paralysis when you fall asleep um or you're just waking up it's kind of in the like middle of your um like REM sleep, like resting mm-hmm. eye, no, 
Is it rapid? Rapid eye. I'm resting. I'm resting <laughs> eye face. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, so basically, when you fall asleep, there's a part of your brain that tells your arms and legs not to move, so you're not kicking or throat punching someone in your sleep. Mm-hmm. So when you're experiencing sleep paralysis, basically your conscience is awake, but your body is unable to move. Yeah. Um, a lot of times you can feel like you're suffocating, tightness around your neck. Um, this says fear or panic, and I'm like, uh, fucking duh. I think those are synonyms. <laughs> and hallucinations. So I say I haven't really felt any, I'm going to knock on wood, um, like suffocating or like tight yeah. throated, but I... Definitely have had fear, panic, and I hallucinate. That's fair. Speaking of throats, could you hand me that drink, please? I need to. I need to. <laughs> I'm like, where are we going with this? Are we talking about smut? Are we getting no. into smut already? <laughs> I just need to. I'm Speaking of throats. I'm going to name the episode that. Oh, oh my God, I'm wheezing. <laughs> Speaking of throats. <sighs> refreshing. In my new Starbucks cup. This episode sponsored by Starbucks. By Starbucks. <laughs> you know what cracks me up in podcasts? I'm sorry. We'll I'll jump back into it. Um, not that we're popular enough to have ads, so I know we can't talk really any shit about this, but um, some podcasts make me laugh when they're like talking about something really dark and like deep or like intense, and they're like, and then this happened. They're like, do you get tired of cooking dinner every night? <laughs> That is one thing I know, like, we don't really make any money doing this at all. But we promised from the beginning, like, and no no hate to anybody that does Mm -hmm. do the ads. That's just not something that we want to do. Like, I just would rather... I think my one stipulation would be if it's something, like, we have to like it. I'm not going to talk about something that I've never used or I don't like. Yeah. So I feel like, too, a lot of times, like and this is more for like TikTok, I would say, Yep. is people kind of get famous and then they start doing like... Promotion. Promo- and it's yeah. just like, it's not funny anymore. Like I get you're trying to make money and that's great. Do whatever you can to support your family. But this like loses the like funniness to it, I guess. It's true. So I'm not going to start talking about HelloFresh and then get back into being like, do ghosts twerk? <laughs> you're like, it's not funny, but you're like, it's funny, but you know what's not funny? Having to cook dinner every night when you've been at work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, okay. Anyways. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mishka, let's talk about it. Back to it. Speaking of throats. <laughs> Speaking of throats. <laughs> um, there's no treatment for it, but it, it has been kind of linked to narcolepsy hmm. or obstructive sleep apnea. Um, and it can also happen when you're sleep deprived or have anxiety or PTSD. So I... That's like all three for you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a home run. <laughs> Triple whammy. <laughs> the trifecta of sleep paralysis. The trifecta of trauma. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm making a rainbow shape with my hands as I do that. <laughs> I am the walking billboard for the trifecta <laughs> of trauma. Yeah. Okay. So I would say a lot of times for me, I de- well, I definitely have anxiety. I definitely have PTSD. And I usually will experience it when I am sleep deprived. If I'm not sleeping, I know I, we joke that I can fall asleep in like 
0.4 nanoseconds. It's true. But I do suffer from insomnia a lot. Mm-hmm. I do wake up and then I cannot get myself back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do find that it happens a lot when I'm having a night where I'm not sleeping well. Yeah. Um, so what I kind of did since we've already talked about it mm-hmm. is I just found some really creepy stories of other people that have experienced sleep apnea. Okay. And any listeners, if you have experienced it and want to talk about it, send some in because that would be yeah. an interesting yep. thing to, to share with the world. Sure. I agree. So one of the stories, this, they're all freaky, but okay. um, I'm just going to read what this person wrote. This is their words, not mine. I couldn't move. My chest felt crushed. It was hard to breathe, and I could hear loud hammering. Mm. A few feet away, a robed figure sat on my chair and slowly moved towards me. As it got closer, a menacing skull appeared. The only thing I could move were my eyeballs. Uh, no thank you. Yeah. Mm Mm-mm. Nope. Next one. Okay. The first time it happened to me, when I went for a nap during the day, I was lying on my side facing away from the door when I woke up to the sound of my door closing. I tried to turn around to see who had came into my room, but no, I couldn't move. My eyes were wide with terror. I could see everything in my room. I heard this walk, this thing walking around my room, then it sat on my bed, and I could feel the bed dip from its weight. It then shuffled towards me, and it felt like it began to spoon me. It was extremely tall. I was trying to move so hard, but I was just lying still. The thing started breathing on my neck and tickling my back. It then stood up and left after a few minutes. This was the most terrifying thing that has ever happened to me. Okay. Now, I'm all for a back tickle, but a sleep paralysis demon can fuck off and I don't want to spoon with my sleep paralysis demon. (laughs) Just get the fuck out. It can shuffle on up out of there. (laughs) Go tickle someone else's back demon. (laughs) Go go spoon the front door. Get the fuck out. Get out of here. (laughs) Um, And then this is the last one. Um, which is kind of the most scariest one, in my opinion. Um, My worst experience with sleep paralysis was after I'd been up all night doing an essay. When I finished, I immediately dozed off. The next thing I knew, I had completely woken up, except there was a shadow demon looming looming over the end of my bed. It didn't have a face, but I could feel it staring at me, and it felt like pure evil. Mm -mm. I tried with my whole body to scream, but nothing came out, which only made me panic more. I felt like the demon was about to attack me, then its head twitched to the side and he pounced on my chest, sort of thrashing at me. Mm-mm. It felt like it was suffocating me. I tried to close my eyes again and put all of my energy into trying to wake up and move my body the whole time with the demon hallucination still attacking me. Mm. When I was finally fully awake, I lay in bed for about a half an hour shaking and next to tears. It was probably the scariest thing I've ever experienced. I thought it was just a really vivid nightmare until a few months later when I first read about sleep paralysis online. Oh, Mm-mm. imagine that. That gives me like kind of uh, thoughts of like the hag mm-hmm. or the haint in the South. Yep. That's what, sorry, I had to swallow. That's um, a common. Just got all kinds of throat stuff. Throat, throat-tastic <laughs> today, I guess. <laughs> Celeste is the throat goat. Um, Celeste is far from the throat goat. <laughs> And excuse you, (laughs) ma'am. It's a song by Kim Petras. If you haven't listened to it, girlfriends, do yourself a favor and go listen to it. And if you're under the age of, like, 18, don't do that. (laughs) We have an explicit content. I I apologize for nothing on 
other than to my father-in-law, Jeff Seymour, who is going to be Who apparently is informed us that he now listens, so sorry, Dad. Indeed, do not listen to that song. Close your ears. Um, okay, so I guess I'm going to talk about my experiences now. Okay. Yep. Um, I definitely experience hallucinations, but I don't see, like, demons or... Thank God. Yeah, I don't really see anything that's scary. But you see me. I do see you. That's weird. But you're not, you're not scary. I'll get into that. Okay. Um, so uh, the first time that I ever experienced sleep paralysis was the night before we were moving from Massachusetts back mm-hmm. to South Carolina. I remember this. I was not sleeping. I couldn't sleep. I could not fall asleep. And all, yeah. I, was, all I was thinking was, like, we have to get up and drive fucking 13, 15, yeah. 15 hours with three animals in tow. Yeah. Um, so I remember that night I kept having the hypnagogic jerk, mm-hmm. which is where you kind of feel like you're falling mm-hmm. right as you're falling asleep and you wake back up. Mm-hmm. Does that happen to you? Do you remember me? You know, I'm going to come talk to you about it. <laughs> um, so then I remember something I'd never experienced before, because obviously this was the first time I had sleep paralysis. I had like a really loud ringing in my mm. ears, and now I recognize that is a lot of times when I know I'm going to have, have it. it. Okay. Um, so I remember like the just the ringing wouldn't stop, and it kind of was like TV static. You know when you like change channel to like channel four, which yeah. didn't have a channel, and you yeah. saw like the little. Yeah. Looked like little bowling pins just going yeah, yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if you were under the age of 18, you probably have no idea what TV static looks I like. Know. Be glad. <laughs> um, so I kind of would see that and then the loud ringing. And then I just had no idea that I had obviously flipped into like sleep paralysis because all I remember is then just seeing our bedroom just Mm -hmm. as it was in that moment yep Uh, nothing looked out of place but then I remember I couldn't move and then I know this sounds so weird but if you know like Mm -hmm. obviously I was dreaming yeah ish that like my eyes were like I could see but my eyes were closed yeah does that make sense Uh uh-huh and so I remember, like, trying to open my eyes, like, you have to open your eyes. And the whole time, you are, like, thrashing me to wake me up. Like, wake up, wake up, wake up. Like, you have to open your eyes. You have to open your eyes. And I, like, over and over and over tried to snap my eyes. And I couldn't. I was freaking out, like, why can I not open my eyes? Okay. Until yeah. then, like... Boom. I opened my eyes and it, it felt forever. Like it felt, I have no idea how long any of my episodes last, but it feels like forever. Yeah. But I just remember looking over and Celeste is like cuddled into her little pillow with her like hands <laughs> under her face, like sleeping so peacefully. And I was like, what in the world was yeah. that? And then I finally, I did finally fall asleep to, you know, for about like two minutes and then yeah. the alarm went off to leave. And I remember we were talking about it cause we had, you know, just 15 hours in the car together mm-hmm. and you were like, you had sleep paralysis. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, so I feel like I have it often. It does come on a little bit more, I would say with like stress yeah. or I know the exploding head syndrome happened a lot when um, people are sleeping on their back. Yes. I do find that if I do sleep on my back, I am more Likely. prone to, 
experience it. Okay. Um, the thing I think I've learned the most is that if I hear the ringing or if I see like the static, yeah, I try to open my eyes immediately, but like my eyes feel like they're like anchors on them. Mm. Like they, all they want to do is shut. Yeah. And so if I can get my eyes open and I'm like, I know I'm not in sleep paralysis. I'm awake. I'm conscious. I'll either like just get up and sit on the couch or like grab my phone mm-hmm. or go and do something even though I want to so bad go back to sleep, yeah. but keep myself up. Cause I will like just go through this, like it's Cycle. awful, but this like continuing pattern of like going into sleep paralysis, like waking up and then going right, right back, back in. in. And like, yeah. I know I'm going in, but I've gotten better too. Once I know I'm having sleep paralysis, mm-hmm. it's usually when I can see you thrashing. Like you're always trying to wake me up, which is really sweet. Yeah. I think you're my little, uh, Sleep paralysis demon. You're Maybe the I was one. the one that spoons you in the <laughs> in the hallucination. You can do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but now I know I have to like snap my eyes open, so it's hard to do. But I try to just like relax my breathing, calm my breathing. I know I'm experiencing that. Yeah. But then I just try to relax, and then just work on just trying popping to your eyes open. popping my eyes open. And then once they do, I just have to sit up. Yeah. Immediately. Damn. Yeah. That is, yeah, I know you've really had your, like, journey with sleep paralysis. Oh, it's awful. Like I said, I'd never experienced it until Massachusetts. Mm. Yeah, it is strange. I wonder if, I would imagine that, like, kind of like sleepwalking. I wonder if sleep paralysis is considered a parasomnia. I have no idea. I don't either, but that's, that is interesting to think about. Sleep paralysis, more like sleep for a bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> Thank you. No, it is awful. And if anybody does experience it, it's, I'm sorry. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it is awful. It's not fun. Luckily, it doesn't happen all the time, mm-hmm. but definitely enough to be annoying. When it does. But I'm glad that I've learned to kind of know how to work. Like identify my way. it. Yeah. Out yeah. of it. That's mm-hmm. fair. No, I agree. Yeah. That is a good thing. Yeah. That was good. Danke. All right. Danke schön. Mm-hmm. Give a little German lesson. <laughs> all right. You ready for mine? Yeah. Sorry. Um, I put <laughs> all the throat. Sorry. I'm having all the, all the things today. Throat issues. <laughs> um, I am continuing on the sleep train, and I am talking about uh, lucid dreams. Which I cannot it's really interesting because I have them quite frequently and I like I love when I have them because it just gives like I feel like free to do whatever the fuck I want that is pretty cool like I can just sprout wings and fly off somewhere if I want to (laughs) like it's awesome um so for those that don't know a lucid dream occurs when a dreamer is aware that they're dreaming but they remain in their in the dream space um Mm -hmm. Lucid dreamers also have the ability to control the circumstance and surroundings in the dream. That's so cool. It is. I like, I love when I have these and I'll tell you about the weirdest one I ever had. Um, this was like probably a couple of years ago, but I had a dream where I was like in a forest, kind of like a fairy tale looking forest. And I was with a group of people that I like, don't, I didn't recognize them. Um, but like, I realized in the dream that I was dreaming and I was like, sweet okay and so we're in this forest and we're like walking somewhere and like we got to this like cabin like cute fairy tale like thatched roof cabin 
And we walked in and there was a guy in there. He was kind of an old man. And I remember him looking at me and saying like, oh, you shouldn't be here. It's not safe. And I remember saying like, what do you mean it's not safe? And he said, it's not safe for dreamwalkers like you. And I always thought that was weird, like dreamwalker. That was interesting. Yeah, you weren't supposed to be there. Yeah. And so I remember saying, well, what do I do? And he looked at me like I was stupid and he laughed and he said, it's obvious, isn't it? That you go out the way you came in. And he points to a bed in the cottage. And I was like, okay. So I go and I lay down in the bed and like the minute I laid my head on the pillow, I woke back up. That's fucked up. It was strange. Yeah, that's really strange. And I remembered it because usually you forget your dreams over time. And yeah. like, I think because it was a lucid one, I remember it very well. That is creepy. Yeah. The most I've ever been able to do is like, I definitely can't control what happens, but I have before recognized that I'm like in a dream. Like I've been falling at one mm-hmm. point, but like, I'm not going to die because I'm dreaming like or mm-hmm. I know I'm dreaming or I'm like this is weird like I must be dreaming yeah and then I wake up but I definitely cannot control any part of it yeah it is yeah that makes sense okay well you are not alone in that and I am not alone in having lucid dreams because at least 50 55 percent of adults have had at least one lucid dream in their lifetime um, and 23% lucid dream at least once a month Ooh. I would say I'm in that category yeah I find that I lucid dream more when I wake up and go back to sleep, like if I wake up at 3 a.m. and I have to pee and I go pee and then like I'm kind of, I know I'm going to get up soon, mm-hmm. but I'm still trying to go to sleep. It's kind of like a lighter sleep that it usually occurs in, which actually winds up with what I found. So that's yeah. kind of interesting. Um, so this is a topic that has been studied uh, pretty extensively. And uh, I mean, this paper is very recent. Norwegian researchers have found that dreaming actually occurs in the cerebral cortex which is the outer layer of your cerebrum in your brain. Mm -hmm. And this area contains what are called pyramidal neurons, which basically kind of look like, think of a tree with all the root system underneath, um, which I believe are called dendrites. And that is where uh, the actual dream occurs um, because in real life, these are the neurons that help us perceive the environment around us. So the thought is that lucid dreams occur because you're using the same neurons that you use to perceive your actual life. That's why it feels so real in a dream, even if you're not lucid dreaming. Dreams feel real because you're using the same neurons that you would use right now. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. It's hot when you talk science. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, so we talked about obviously. Show me your neurons. <laughs> Show me your neurons. I'm gonna name that. That's the episode name. <laughs> Damn girl, you got some nice pyramidal neurons. What what dim dendrites do? <laughs> oh no, we just became unhinged. We were doing so well. We were. We were keeping it together. <laughs> Damn, girl, show me your dendrites. <laughs> Flash me your neurons. There's so many episode titles. Like, we're going to have to decide which one. I've decided that I want to start naming the episodes after funny things that are said during the episode. I want you to smack me across the face with a dendrite. Yeah, like that. <laughs> so that way, when you see the episode, you're like, what the fuck is that about? Just Caitlin and Celeste again. Just normal bullshit, folks. <laughs> 
Um, yes. So we've talked about the fact that in lucid dreams, you can control your dream surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, so during this time, they have found that prefrontal activity is similar to when you're awake. So this kind of goes back to what I was saying, that because you're using those neurons in real life, it makes the dream feel very vivid. Um, and just like I said, also, lucid dreaming generally takes place in REM sleep, which is a lighter layer of sleep than, uh, like, deep sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so a person can actually induce lucid dreaming, and I do this often, in their dreams by testing their reality. For example, um, I, when I'm in a dream and I'm not sure if I'm dreaming, I will try to read something. Like, if something is written, I will try yep. to read it. And I found this very interesting. Reading, you know, the act of reading, occurs on the right side of your brain, while dreams predominantly occur on the left. So that means in a dream, you should not be able to read. Correct. Um, There was a show I saw, um, I think it's called Evil. It's a good show. It's kind of scary. But basically, it was about a psychologist who was having sleep paralysis, and Mm -hmm. she was seeing uh, like a demon in her room. So she wrote on a piece of paper, can you read this? And she put it on her ceiling and that oh. night when she was having the paralysis, she looked up and it was blurry. And the act of realizing she was in the dream allowed her to take control of it and snap out of the paralysis. Interesting. So that is a real thing. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So something to keep in I mind. I should try that next time. We should. We'll put that on our... <laughs> we should. But I just figured... I know I'm, I'm like in it. Like there's not really ever a question if I'm... If it's happening if or it's, not. Yeah. I'm That's like, fair. Oh, I'm having sleep paralysis. That's fair. Um, you will find this interesting too. There have also been significant links between in- people who play interactive video games frequently and lucid dreaming. Are you saying I play a lot of video games? Yes, I am. Oh. <laughs> so if you dream you're in a Sims world, you could like, you know, lucid dream the fuck out of that. <laughs> I do play more than just the Sims. I like it's to build houses. That's I also true. like to shoot aliens and See? play Halo. There you go. If you wake up in the Halo game, you know, you know what's going on. <laughs> Um, so lucid dreaming can actually be useful. It can be helpful in learning to overcome nightmares or, um, cope with trauma. However, there is kind of a, it's a double side, double sided sword, I guess, because frequent lucid dreaming can actually, um, uh, negatively affect your mental health. Um, and it also can, uh, I think, I think like in my way, I think of it as like a form of escapism. Yeah, well, you're trying to go into a, a different world. You're trying to escape your problems by, you know, But how fucking existing. cool to be like, you know what, tonight, I think I'm going to go to, like, Disney World. But see, that is a method for inducing lucid dreaming. There's an idea that if you tell yourself you're going to lucid dream before you go to sleep, you will. Yeah. So it's something to try. It's well, you cool. should try it because you can do it. I will. I, I think I will try that. Can I come with you? Can you take me to Disney World? Yeah. All right, cool. So that kind of brings me into our next thing because I have, I, for me, I think lucid dreaming and astral projection kind of go hand in hand. Oh, I'll just astral project over to you. See, that's my thing. I like kind of feel like they're the same thing sometimes. Um, yeah, I would probably say so. I don't know. Um, but I, yeah. Ooh, but when you astral project, are you dreaming? That's a good question. I think that's what everyone, is it just a lucid dream? So continue on. I feel like our cool <laughs> friend Lindsay is going to have a lot to say, contribute to this. I'm sure she We're going to have to do an episode with her when she's here. I know that's going to be fun. Cool friend Lindsay is coming over in a month or two mm-hmm. and we're going to have a good time. Yeah, we are. We should do an episode with her. We should. So astral projection is defined as an intentional out-of-body experience. And during that time, a person is able to travel on the astral plane 
Um, and astral projection exists in multiple cultures, including Christian culture, Hindu, and Japanese, and like a ton more. Okay. So this is a very common um, kind of concept. Uh, so it's been studied uh, for pretty much forever through history. Emanuel Swedenborg was one of the first people to write about it in his spiritual diaries. Um, and I believe he wrote these between 1747 and 1765. And then a man named Robert Monroe actually coined the term OBE, or out-of-body experience, and wrote extensively about astral travel. Um, so like I said before, when you astral project, you are on the astral plane, and the astral plane can be considered a non-physical realm that is somehow tied to our physical world. So, like, things that are happening in the physical world affect the astral plane. Okay. Um, so, obviously, there are a couple benefits of astral travel. One, it's really fucking cool sounding. Yep. Um, but two, the idea is that when you're able to access the astral plane, you are able to access, like, an infinite body of knowledge. There are so many things that exist on that plane that don't exist here, like spirit guides demons, uh, mm-hmm. all sorts of things. Yeah. So, you know, it's really a, people who can do it say that it's an incredible way to learn about your past life. If you have any kind of karmic mm-hmm. wounds, it's a great way to cope and deal with them. Um, and obviously scientists have been interested in this for a while and trying to explain why people claim they can do this. Um, so there have been a couple studies on astral projection. Um, one of note were that scientists studied a 15-year-old boy who said he could astrally project and did it frequently. Um, so they studied him, and basically they ended up theorizing that his astral projection was more likely a regression into a dissociative state mm-hmm. to cope with um, issues that he was experiencing at home. Okay. So obviously, you know, I'm not saying I think there is a link probably. I don't know. I say that, and then I take that back. Um, scientists have posited that there is a link between mental health and the ability to astral project. So I'm not saying that if you can astrally project, you're mentally ill or you have a, a mental disorder. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. That is what scientists have theorized. I think in science, people look for a way to explain things concretely. Fair. My personal opinion, I just don't think... I believe in it. I fully believe you could do that. Yeah. Um, I just don't think there is a way to explain it with science other than that the universe is a lot bigger and more mysterious than we know it is. Well, it's not a cut-and-dry textbook world. Exactly. No, I would agree. But I could also see the correlation of wanting to escape, and if you are able to do that, I would. Mm -hmm. Sure. Whether it's healthy or not healthy, I would would for sure do it. Now, here's my question. I think this is kind of cool, is that say, you know, if you and I both astrally project at the same time, can we, like, meet up on the astral plane? (laughs) Like... But I think that would prove that it's real. Like, if you and I met up and we said a code word, and then we, we both woke word. up. We can't say it. Have we told them? Yeah, we've told them. Oh, okay. <laughs> we do have a code word. But now I feel like we need a new one, because we already know what the word is. It's like, we would have to meet up. Yeah, but you'd have to be... It would be proven, though. It would absolutely be proven if we both woke up tomorrow, or if we said today, we're going to go... We're going to go hop in our car, and we're going to drive to Dairy Queen for an ice cream. Yeah. And then we both woke up tomorrow, and we said, did you get in the car and get an ice cream? And say, like, what kind of ice cream did I have? Yeah. What kind of ice yeah. cream did you have? And if we said the same thing, then you know it's real. It's not dreaming. It's true. Because we both dream, theoretically, probably about the same thing. Yeah. That's a good test. But you would have to test. Yeah. All right. I'm going to keep my... 
So let's try to go to Dairy Queen tonight. That's good, because I miss Dairy Queen. <laughs> I miss soft serve ice cream. Listen, if I can astrally project to Target, that's a game changer. We do have to give a shout out to Mama Ghoul. Did we talk about this last week? No, Mama I don't think and we Papa did. Ghoul. We found a pillow at Target online that would not ship to our house, and we were really upset about it. So Mama and Papa Ghoul went on a mission to Target, found the pillow, and shipped the and Target shipped or shipped the the Target pillow to Germany. And now we have it, and it looks wonderful. And thank you. Yes, thank you indeed. Much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> we do not need to astral project the Target pillow to our house anymore. It's true. That's fair. Um, so another uh, explanation that researchers have. Um, kind of cited for astral projection are also vestibular disorders, um, which are disorders of the inner ear. Yep. Um, obviously, if you have an inner ear problem, that could cause dizziness, vertigo. Um, in 2017, a study of 210 patients suffering inner ear conditions stated that out of that group, 14% reported feeling sensations of floating, which could mimic mm. what it feels like to astrally project. Yeah. If the idea is that you leave your body. <laughs> I believe nice. I can touch the sky. I think about it every night and day. I spread my wings and I float away. <laughs> nice. I believe I can soar. Don't let me continue this one song. Nice. Yes. Should have got my microphone out for that. I know. One. Dang, that was a full performance. Thank you. You're welcome. Rated one out of ten. I'm going to give that one a solid seven. It's impressive. Would have done better with a microphone. Yep. Would have done better. Can't continue. <laughs> it's also quiet Sunday, so I can't really yeah, doubt it. Can't give the right <laughs> name. Can't give the concert today. Um, so when I was looking at astral projection, it also reminded me of another um, kind of thing that is related to it uh, that I found this always very interesting. Um, and I will say that if you're interested in this, there is an Astonishing Legends episode on it. So I will tell you what I'm talking about, and that is remote viewing, okay. which is kind of connected to astral projection in a way. Okay. So remote viewing is the practice of perceiving and documenting impressions with the mind. Um, during this process, the remote viewer will focus on a target in question and be able to relay details, descriptions, location, any kind of... Um, any kind of important information. Okay. So the idea is that if you thought about anywhere in the world and you did not tell me Mm -hmm. and you wrote on a piece of paper where that location was and you put it in an envelope and you put it in the other room Mm -hmm. and I tried to remote view, um, I would basically try to, I think it kind of is induced by going into like a meditative state. Mm -hmm. Basically you're focusing your mind to connect to your subconscious. And basically the idea is that your like subconscious can go anywhere. Mm -hmm. You can't, but your brain can. Right. And so the idea is that I would be able to, go into that room in my mind, look in that envelope and tell you where you were, what you wrote down. Okay. I'm writing something down. Cause I feel like you can do this. Do it again. Did you write boobies? <laughs> I didn't write boobies. <laughs> where did I write down? It's continent. Where? Mm-hmm. Africa. No. So you okay. I'm not a good remote viewer. <laughs> it takes a lot of practice, to be fair. What I'm saying is that you have, you can like read my mind a mm. lot. And you can also, 
I guess it's more of um, your photographic memory, but mm. you remember weird details you can remember and see, and it's. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like you have a touch of the remote viewing. I would love to learn how to do this, truly. Um, apparently, there are courses that you can take that mm. teach you how to do that That's I would cool. really love to do one day. Um, so, yeah, so parapsychologists at Stanford Research Institute actually coined the term remote viewing and have categorized it as a form of clairvoyance. Mm -hmm. But the episode I listened to on Astonishing Legends was with a woman who is a very talented um, and well-practiced remote viewer, and she also trains people on how to do this. And she claimed that, you know, you really don't need to have any form of psychic ability to do this. It just takes a lot of dedication and discipline. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. So... This is also important because during the Cold War, both the American and Soviet governments sought to um, get information from one another by implementing what they called psychical spies. And this is where the idea of remote viewing developed, the idea that someone could look into a government site and look for information. Interesting. And this actually became a government-funded project in the U.S. called Project Stargate. Um, it was declassified. Parts of it were declassified in 1995, but mm-hmm. it was decommissioned in the early 90s. I gotcha. And I believe the woman on this podcast episode studied under one of the people who was in Project Stargate. He has passed oh, away now, but um, that's where she learned how to do it. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Look up Remote Viewing and Astonishing Legends. You'll find the episode. I was fascinated. Like that's I was, super cool. I was hooked into this. Yeah. So yeah, that's on my list to uh, to try. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. We were all over the place there. We were. I have one more thing to wrap us up because we were kind of talking about reality and shifting and like all these things. So it reminded me of this story I saw on Reddit that I wanted to read. Okay. I think I've talked to you a little bit about before. Mm -hmm. And this is called The Lamp. Um, So it's kind of in the same vein, but this story freaks me the fuck out. Okay. Um, so I'll just read it really quickly. And this is written by an anonymous poster, so we don't know who this person is. Um, it says, my last semester at a certain college, I was assaulted by a football player for walking where he was trying to drive. Note that he was 325 pounds and I was 120. While unconscious on the ground, I lived a different life. So he was walking, he got assaulted. Mm-hmm. And while the time he was unconscious, he like lived out a full ass life. Okay. Um, I met a wonderful young lady. She made my heart skip and my face red. I pursued her for months and dispatched a few jerk boyfriends before I finally won her over. And after two years, we got married and almost immediately had a daughter. I had a great wife, a great job, and my wife didn't have to work. And when my daughter... um, Sorry, that's uh, poorly written. My son was the joy of my life, so they had two kids. I would walk into his room every morning before I left for work and doted on him and my daughter. One day while sitting on the couch, I noticed that the perspective of the lamp was odd, like inverted. It was still in 3D, but just wrong. I was transfixed. I couldn't look away from it. I stayed up all night staring at it. The next morning, I didn't go to work. Something was just not right about that lamp. I stopped eating. I left the couch only to use the bathroom at first. Soon I stopped that too and wasn't eating or drinking. I stared at the fucking lamp for three days before my wife got really worried and she had someone come and try to talk to me. By this time, my cognizance was breaking up and my wife was freaking out. She took the kids to her mother's house before I had my epiphany. The lamp was not real. The house is not real. My wife and kids, none of it is real. The last 10 years of my life are not actually real. The lamp started to grow wider and deeper and still, it still had inverted dimensions. It took up my entire perspective and all I could see was red. I heard voices, screams, 
all kinds of weird noises and became aware of pain, a fucking shit ton of pain. The first words I said were, I'm missing teeth, and I opened my eyes. I was laying on my back on the sidewalk, surrounded by people that I didn't know, and lots were freaking out. I was completely confused. I was taken to the hospital by the cop and given a lot of CT scans. I went through about three years of horrid depression. I was grieving the loss of my wife and children and dealing with the knowledge that they never actually existed. I was scared I was going insane and I would cry myself to sleep, hoping I would see her in my dreams. I never have, but I sometimes see my son, usually a glimpse out of my peripheral vision. He is five years old perpetually and I can never hear what he says. Ooh. Is that not weird? Yeah, that's creepy. Imagine that. You're like mourn something that like never, never happened. I feel like that may be like interdimensional. I was gonna say that kind of reminds me of like interstellar slash inception slash maybe you jump dimensions but like 10 years. Yeah I feel like I feel like there's lots of we could get into it. I could put my tinfoil hat on and talk all day but I definitely feel there's other dimensions and different. I agree. I think we're more places than right here. Like what would you do right now if you just woke up and you were in a hospital bed and like I never existed and we never got married and you didn't know who I was. Isn't that, that weird? Weird. Reality is a very mind fucking thing. Yeah, you could really freak yourself out if yeah. you really think that about story it. always scares me a lot. I'm like, wait a minute. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, that would be weird. So yeah, I wanted to end on that just because that story always gives me the the heebie jeebies. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, let's wrap it up before we freak ourselves out yeah. too bad. I'm going to go make some cookies. Yes, we have a lot of meal prepping and cooking to do this afternoon. Yep. All right. Well, go see Caitlin on Facebook. We've had a lot of people on Facebook lately. Yep. Yeah, it's been pretty busy. It's good. We have, and we've had a lot on the Instagram, which is nice. So please keep coming there. Remember, that's at Cool Friends Podcast. Um, if you would like to send us your listener story, and someone actually wrote us a fictional story. Mm hmm that we are going to cover. So thank you for doing that. You can send that to us at ghoulfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Um, we are getting really close to having merch ready. So be on the lookout for uh, those designs so you can take a look at them and let us know what you think. Yep. And I think that's it. All right. All right. Well, for now, we hope you stay safe, you stay spooky, and you tell your sleep paralysis demon to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Celeste. And I'm Caitlin. And we're your cool friends. Don't forget to check your